Hello and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk about movies, some from their past, some from present day. Today we have a large group of people to talk about, to give ourselves a little Oscar preview because the Oscars are this coming Sunday, February 26th. I cannot wait. I get to hang with a baby. But anyway, I'm going to let Eleanor introduce all of our guests. All right, we're representing both coasts and the Midwest today. So Bobby and I are based in LA. Bobby is a past guest of the podcast who takes two, but then has also like guested on several others. Definitely Independence Day. Independence Day, absolutely. Um, right Maybe. before Resurgence, that was a great episode. Mm. Another roundtable, I would say. That was <laughs> that roundtable a bit inadvertently. We also have Cassie in Chicago. And we missed it before because I'm not good at tech, but we had a really riveting discussion about the problems involved with the Tom Cruise remake of The Mummy. Um, And we'll get Cassie on several times in the future. We grew up together, so we have many shared movie memories. Um, But Cassie loves The Mummy. It's the greatest film of all time. (laughs) Which, I mean, is relative. (laughs) (laughs) As is everything. And then our final roundtable guest, who her claim to fame and her the reason she belongs on this panel is she's only seen one of the many nominated films <laughs> of the Oscars, that one being Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So Haley is a good friend from college and also um, a very engaged and enthusiastic good film hunting listener who we've We've been so excited. We've been very excited to have her on, and it's again running into tech issues. So, Haley, welcome from Charlotte, North Carolina. What? <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, so this is so fun. So usually we start um, our good film hunting episodes with talking about our favorite pop culture news thing from the week, but today we're going to jump right into it because funny story, listeners, we had already done this and then Eleanor was like, hey, wasn't recording, so we are going to jump right into our conversation today. really threw you under the bus. Yeah. I mean, I love you, Eleanor. We got to figure out how to record. One day we'll be adults. Um, (laughs) All right. So... For the Oscars, we've talked about several movies that are nominated on previous podcasts, including movies like La La Land, we've talked about Hidden Figures, we've talked about Rogue One, we've talked about Moana. But when we're thinking about the Best Picture nominees, um, this is a year I personally have not seen them all. Of the Best Picture nominees, I still need to see Hacksaw Ridge, which I secretly really want to see. Me too. Mel Gibson. I mean, did you see it? Did anyone see Hacksaw Yeah, I saw Hacksaw Ridge. What were your thoughts? I mean, it was fine. It was, like, not as good as Braveheart, but, like, it told a coherence. Right, exactly. It told a coherent story. Andrew Garfield was lovely. Um, I heard he was really good. Yeah, no, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't... I wouldn't nominate it for Best Picture, but, like, it's... it's made for a specific crowd, and I think it was made well for that crowd. So is it made, is it more Best Picture material than, like, say, Arrival? Because I don't really think, I think Arrival fits, like, 
a token sci-fi film that Mad Max Fury Road paved the road for that existing, but uh, at least last year because people took it seriously. Trying to fill a void with Horizon. Um, but to me, it didn't really, it wasn't a revolutionary war film. So, I don't know. Not a war about the revolution, but revolutionary in the sense of reactionary. Yes, yes, reactionary. Not Wait, a revolutionary. okay, so, but that that's another Best Picture nominee that I have not seen, nor have I heard much about, Arrival. Like, I know it involves aliens and Amy Adams, and that's about I had it. I with it. Cassie did too. What are your thoughts, Cassie? Um, uh, I thought it was fine. You know, uh, I I enjoyed finally seeing um, an extraterrestrial film where they don't look like green alien men the way that we're kind of uh, conditioned to see them now. But um, uh, I thought the twist, the uh, air quotes twist, it was like obvious. That was we knew that it was going in that direction. And the ending part with um, the president of China, um, that was weird. He, like makes a statement, and it's yeah, it's kind of hard to follow, and you have to think about it. But it's not like because you don't understand it; it's because it was kind of rotation, I think. Whereas, like every time I talk to someone about it, that makes sense. Thought it was happening. There was general uproar. And like award circles that Amy Adams wasn't nominated, and I also thought her performance was standard Amy Adams it was when like she's totally playing fine. serious. Yeah, I thought it was like, like fine. I'll stare into the distance and I'll think deeply about language, and I'm like, I don't care. I also fell asleep during this movie when I saw it in theaters, so I'm not the best person to talk. Yeah, you also uh, fell asleep in Rogue One twice, so maybe it's like you in movies, Eleanor, more than just like the content. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. For someone who sees a lot of movies in theaters, I also fall asleep in a lot of theaters. Well, here's a, my question, though. Was it late at night? It was, and it was after, like, a protest in November, so I was, like, exhausted. I don't know why I went. It was dumb. I mean, I once went to, like, a late-night screening of The Exorcist because that's a scary movie. Like, I, there's no way you could sleep through that, right? Uh, you could definitely sleep through any movie. <laughs> are also kind of boring for a while like it takes a long time to get into a horror movie because the build is so slow and then once the shock like sets in then you're awake and you're engaged but like man some horror movies they drag so some horror movies are horrible i was trying too hard no it was awesome okay all right so, Fences. I have yet to see Fences. I'm asking a co-worker to get the screener for it tomorrow, so I hope to see it soon. It's it's a movie that it's very long, but watching Olivia Davis is Viola. like... Sorry, Viola. Olivia, God. Um, watching Viola Davis is like worth it. Is she masterful? She's masterful. I think Denzel Washington, like, is scenery-chewing, but, like... That's interesting, because Denzel Washington's now getting this kind of anti-Casey Affleck, pro-Denzel Washington... It just doesn't seem like he should be the alternate... Like, if you're voting against... Casey. Casey Affleck, I don't think the obvious choice is Denzel Washington. Well... I think... 
he directed Fences, and enough people will vote against Casey Affleck and award Denzel for directing Fences. So, I mean, I read about this thing, though, that I didn't know. I mean, and I haven't seen Manchester by the Sea, so definitely I can't speak to his role, his his performance in that. But I heard that he's getting some backlash because he was accused of sexually assaulting women two years ago. Is that, like, real? It's interesting to me that you are just hearing about this now, oh, yeah. whereas, like, in L.A., like, this is what we've been talking about, like, for months. Before it even came out. <laughs> Oh, I had no idea until, like, yeah. literally I was reading up on the Oscars today. <laughs> no, yeah, there's huge backlash. Also, sidebar, I don't think he needs to win for that movie anyway, because if you watch this movie, maybe, Ka- you, Cassie, I think you disagreed with me about this. I believe in I'm, a text conversation. I'm sure I disagree with you. Okay, here's the thing. If his character did, if his character did work. Oh, spoiler alerts. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alerts, his character is an idiot, accidentally does something really bad. Obviously, he would be sad. That's not a huge stretch in terms of performance. I thought it was so perfectly calibrated. From- He's just so New England. To me, I was like, I know like too, way too many New England pros who are like this. Like, it's fine. Okay, that's fair, but then... Uh, I don't know. Does that mean that you can't give someone credit for like doing a great job and choosing a role that fits you so well? Like, mm. I think if you're if you're like, oh, this is who I am. I don't even have to act. Like, I don't know. I don't think that's something you should punish them for if you enjoy the movie. I also think like a cardboard stick could have done this movie because like I disagree. I couldn't disagree with you more. I thought he was like they're all punch like Casey Affleck. It would just kind of whatever. Which he also it could have been awful been so great. Lucas Hedges I thought was great. What? Yeah. I thought I thought I didn't hear any of the praise for him. I was like, he's just a kid on screen. I feel like that's how you feel about Casey Affleck. It's true. We have very differing opinions. Actually we have the same opinions about different people. Okay, okay. So that got very contentious and I loved it. Let's keep this up guys. I love to hear different views because about movies I haven't seen. But I do sorry, go ahead. Can we talk about Michelle Williams real quick? Yes, thank you. Some of the criticism around her nomination is that she isn't in the movie long enough, but I think she potentially delivers the most diverse performance in terms of, like, you know, having a character that's established prior to tragedy. You witness her during the tragedy, and then you witness her after the tragedy. It is so great. I think. I mean, that's a good point. I The other part of it, though, is I kind of do agree with the criticism. Like, she's barely in the movie. The movie's too there is no best, there is no supporting female role her, really. So, like, if you're gonna, it, it does sort of feel like a throwaway, but that's not to say she doesn't do a great job. I just think it's kind of the performance a little thin by offering her that. Okay. I, I, I hear you. Okay. Can we talk about, for a second, Moonlight? Because I think that I had a very different um, experience of it than everybody else. Because I, I know Eleanor's opinion. I know, I pretty much know Cassie's opinion. Bobby and Haley, I don't know yours. What? You, you said you know my opinion, but no one else does. Oh, sorry. Well, okay. I'll let you start. I, I know your opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I think this was another one Cassie and I disagreed with via text. I know Sarah Rivers and I disagreed with it via text. Because what I found so compelling about this movie was that I 
think part of it came with the expectation that I was going to see this movie and it was going to be absolutely devastating. And it wasn't devastating. No. Right. I would agree. In my mind. And then beyond that, um, I it was just that restaurant scene in the third act, uh, with the black, the, yeah, the black sequence, um, touched me in a way I would have never imagined. Like, honestly, that scene was more romantic to me than anything in La La Land, for sure. Anything. anything. It was Like, the authentic. romantic tension, I was like, my heart was, like, yeah. melting. Yeah. Like, and I, that was not unlike the scene on the beach, though, in the I second agree. one. Either. No, it isn't. I thought all of it, all as a Moonlight as a love story or as a story exploring romantic feeling and sexual feeling, um, I think it like could not have been perfect. Perfect. So that's perfect. that's kind of with the way that I feel about this movie, and I've told Eleanor and I and Annie. So I guess. Bobby and Haley, this is for you. Um, (laughs) I was so impressed by that film because it was a very true display of human emotion. Like, I cannot connect the background of the characters. I cannot connect with the sexual orientation of the characters. I can't connect with, you know, a lot of the strife and not to the same level of, like, loss and hurt that they... But, like, I was so giddy like when they when things were happening um like romantically like things were evolving or like they're getting back together and you could feel that tension because whatever reason can like somehow embody that and make that scene kind of you can tap into a memory that you felt like that and i thought i thought that that sense of truthful human emotion transcended what was actually happening in the action of the sequences, but that was really impressive to me, and I felt, like, on board the whole time. And the tenderness seemed to soften any of the of the tragedy or the, um, the difficult content in the movie. And so, to, as Eleanor said, I think the ending being so completely sweet and um, playful and kind of uh, vulnerable, I think made, yeah, that made the movie work. Yeah. Like, yeah. all the other movies in the category, frankly. I think the most, the the piece that was at the center of, at least, I know um, Sarah and Eleanor's argument was that idea of it being really hopeful at the end. And I think maybe that's just like, Hard or like too strong like when you say like very vulnerable and like moving forward I don't know I'd be interested to hear what more people's opinions are of this because it's also a sense of like of an arc but do you are you still did you come back down by the end of the movie or are you still up on that inclined to be like things are going to get better I don't think it matters. I, don't I think the only thing that matters is that final moment mm. and then anything that, whether they stay together whether you know but the the honesty for um, Chiron to say to to ah uh, yeah don't give anything away yes, for, okay yeah um, honesty in the end I know what you're talking about <laughs> okay I just feel like it it had um, because that final moment was nothing but sweet and so mm-hmm. you have every reason to assume without knowing exactly what happens, that that 
Chiron will have sweetness in his life again. So oh, that is beautiful. And I think along with that too, it's like at the end, the char- the character so drastically changes, like aesthetically from chapter mm-hmm. two to chapter three, that I think that's sort of like a return to like, oh no, I still like this is the same character that we've been on this journey with, you know, like there's no like point of no return moment uh, where he's just like completely different. And I think that was an ultimate test by like return by like that individual from his past returning in the final chapter. So I haven't seen it, but I'll chime in here. I have listened to the soundtrack and different commentaries on the soundtrack from um, the person who scored it and the director as well, but I think what you're getting at is this theme, what they did with the the main theme for the main character is he made the main piano piece for it and then actually used this hip hop uh, method called, uh, it's you take the song and then it's chopped and screwed, so you kind of shift the pitch um, to a different key, but it's that same original recording, so it makes it sound somewhat different but brings it into a different uh, tone and key, so they shift that as uh, the theme continues on and you see the character changing and growing as you're saying, but still coming from that same original place. So it's kind of reflected in the music as well. And that's kind of the, the idea that I was getting from listening to them talk about it is that it gets back to that sense of who that character is at the root and you get to kind of grow and see the change with him, but it's reflected in the music in the same way. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Not knowing the movie it's, itself. Also, Haley, out of any of the Best Picture nominees, that would be the one I would recommend the most highly to see. Absolutely. Okay. That is... I think it's the best best movie in years. Well, okay. So... Easily. So, I I liked Moonlight. I'm not saying I didn't. I did like it. I was very, very... I was, like, kind of high and not, like, intentionally high. I was very, very sick, and I never get sick. And I had taken a bunch of DayQuil and was just like, I can't sit in my house alone anymore, so I'm gonna go see a movie. Um, and I chose Moonlight because, you know, why not? <laughs> so, um, I did enjoy it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I could have if I had been in, like, a healthy mental state <laughs> to be by myself watching this movie. I do have to say that, that the scene on the beach was incredibly beautiful. I thought the score was really well done and surprising at different parts and that, I like, I liked it. But I do have to say, in terms of... so. Haley, I liked Moonlight, and you should see Moonlight. I think it is important for every woman in the world to see Hidden Figures, and I really am pulling for it to win Best Picture because I think it's a very important film for young women and just women in general. So I'm going to put that out there. Do you think there's no other movie more empowering for women than Hidden Figures? I don't know. sure. About any year. To me, it didn't seem outlandishly extraordinary. I like, feel like you're baiting Eleanor to talk about 21st century women. <laughs> 20th. I really like. I, I thought 20th yeah. century women was way more interesting than. I didn't think that 20th century women was really all that interesting. I, to be honest, I was watching and I didn't really know what was happening. Nor did it seem to like really have a story that I wanted to tell, other than just like a present a tableau of human experience what i will say though is annette benning not being nominated is crazy oh it's crazy she it was is crazy yeah and also what's terrifying to me like i love 20th century women 
in part be, just because of her character and I've never connected with a character or have seen myself so clearly in a film character which is terrifying because she's a 55 year old divorced woman living in the 70s in Santa Barbara and I was like what does that say about me <laughs> but anyway I digress <laughs> I, I'm not sure if this is a true statement or not but um, speaking of someone not getting nominated was Ben Foster nominated for best supporting actor yeah. that is for Helen Heller, I Yeah, wire. so Haley, I I endorse fully endorse Eleanor and Bobby's um, statement that you should have you have to see this. I do think Moonlight is going to win Best Picture. However, you, this is something I want to talk about. Wait, but really, Heller High Water was my second choice. What is that? Choices. I haven't well, even I'm heard much about it because I'm going to watch for on Saturday right before the Oscars on Sunday. Next best choice is in you think that if you were voting that it would have been your next choice or that you think that it's most deserving? Um, I think maybe if I had been voting, well, I haven't seen all of them, so I can't say most deserving. However, out of what I've seen so far, I thought it was great and I don't think enough people are talking about it because it came out so long ago, kind of like before Fences, even maybe. It's shocking it got nominated just because it was like in the summer. What is it about? What is it? Tell, explain it because I have heard yeah. nothing about it. It's like a heist crime western. Hmm. Yeah. And the only flaw in that entire movie is the that um, someone who looks like Chris Pine could ever be and like not an actor like they put so much dirt on him and I'm like he's still beautiful like you guys suck <laughs> I don't anyway whatever okay <laughs> wait okay um so Cassie you said that you think Moonlight's gonna win best picture explain Cassie. why well, I would love yeah. Moonlight to win. It absolutely picture. should. I don't think it will. I think based on what do you think will win instead? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eleanor. I'm gonna rip out every strand of hair on my head if La La Land wins. That's you know, this whole city is obsessed, like obsessed with La La Land. It played at the Vista for five weeks straight. It's made so much money. People talk about it all the time. They think it's revolutionary. What? They think nothing that is, is the most short sighted crack of shit no but La La Land comes up in a conversation every day oh yeah even in especially there's people in LA who are not movie people and they know La La Land and that's what they want to talk about okay wait so here's a question about that because you guys are in LA and apparently this is like everyone's talking about this what about the argument about how this movie tells the story of how white people save jazz and that's a problem do they talk about it at all? Or are they like, no, that doesn't happen? Like Thinking about, also, this this is tangential a little bit, but I think maybe you were talking about, or Annie was talking about, um, the fact that Moonlight allowed you, you were talking about it, um, Cassie, that Moonlight allowed you to completely empathize with people that you are totally unfamiliar with. I mean, like, young black men in, in Miami who are gay and from a lower socioeconomic background, like, those aren't people you're around every day. I am around, Eleanor and I are around people like Ryan Gosling and Emma no, Stone's characters every like flipping day, and I did not care at all what happened to them. 
That might be more telling about us and the people we interact with. I'm just kidding. I hate all my friends. I'm just kidding. In terms of creating dynamic, likable, uh, nuanced characters, they were like types that, I mean, like, they were put in a very aesthetically pleasing and pleasurable cinematic scenario, but beyond that, I had no concern for them. Okay, so I actually do think that it's interesting because, um, like, everybody here in Chicago loves La La Land, too. Like, people know me, especially, like, in my school and my job, as, like, someone who loves movies, and every single one of my coworkers has come up and been like, oh, my gosh, do you, like, love La La Land? And I'm like, well, it was, like, good. <laughs> like, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, and I definitely... It's very well It's, like... It's creative, it's well-directed, it moves right. well. You know, there's right. something like... I mean, here's the so, thing. I feel like I left the movie theater after watching La La Land happy. Like, I was singing kind of the tune in my head, and I was like, oh, do-do-do-do, you know, like, happy. But I don't think there was any real depth to it, other than the no, fact that maybe totally you can, you know, hold on to a love in the past and not have it be... I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like Chazelle's first movie. I think it's about people who are so self-absorbed that ultimately they can't connect well with anyone else. It was about two people who were so invested in themselves and much like Whiplash that they, they literally could not, they could not connect to other people. Mm. Yeah, I Annie, I have a very different how Chicagoans feel about the movie, just based on, but it could also be just different circles of conversation. It's probably true, um, yeah. To go see it at, like, the new Arclight, which is in uh, Lincoln Park, which, rock that theater, I hate it so much. The one um, in New City? <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um, but, so I went to go see La La Land, and I remember sitting down, now, I love musicals. Like, I have been watching and repeating Singing in the Rain and West Side Story and, like, White Christmas. Like, all of that, like, kind of right after, like, the golden age of musicals, but, like, basically anything that Gene Kelly has ever touched, like, so is beautiful. But when I sat down in that theater and that first, a lot of people disagree with me, but that first musical act started and I was like, Oh my God! What have I done? And can I go get my money back? Like I, yeah, I liked the first scene. I liked Another Day of Sun. Can Can I see? I just I didn't feel like any of the voices were very strong. No, no, they're not. No, actually not. The songs weren't very interesting to me. Yeah, and really, it wasn't until the second half of the movie where I, when the acting was kind of taking over the musical quality, that yes. I was like, Oh, okay, I'm more interested now. The music had nothing. It didn't propel the plot forward. It didn't really comment on the themes or the emotions. Um, so I want to ask you though, like, because everyone's saying this is like totally revolutionary and like, like nothing we've ever seen before in movies. I want to ask you if you like musicals, can you think of a, a musical that's been released kind of in your recently or in your, you know, the second half of your life that did kind of, move you or shake you in the way that um you know a 1950s Gene Kelly musical would you mean like a modern day musical yeah one that has been made recently I don't know if that's like 
you know, I, I think of Moulin Rouge. I think of Chicago. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, I think, Rent. I don't know. If, what was that? Rent. Rent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I don't know. Um, I kind of live in a little bit of a bubble <laughs> because I haven't gone to many stage shows. It's not like Rent. Uh, and yeah. I, I haven't seen Into the Heights or In the Heights, and I haven't seen Hamilton. Um, I don't know. Chicago doesn't feel that new to me. Really? Agreed. I don't know. I can't really think of a, a musical that I consider that I've seen recently that was a new production. High School Musical. Three. Never saw it. Yeah. Thanks. Missing out. <laughs> The question you guys are asking reminds me of uh, an interview that Terry Gross on Fresh Air did with the director of La La Land, where the question she was asking made it sound like she had never seen a musical before. She was saying, now I'm just amazed, how do you get that many people to all dance at the same time oh in a singing? And I, it was killing me. I'm not, I love musicals, but I'm not a big musical person. I don't go watch everything, but I enjoy them a lot. And it seemed that she was just so fascinated by the fact that this was, um, you know, such a production that um, that's what amazed her. The the singing and the dancing and the, the feeling, like you guys said, it's, it's enjoyable. It might not be incredible, but it's enjoyable. And that's kind of what people are pulling out of it, maybe. That's the sense that, that I'm getting here as the complete outsider, I guess. It's a musical for people who don't normally watch musicals. That, that makes sense, because honestly, like, that scene where they're, they have, like, the, the cityscape in the background, and they're, like, tap dancing on the road, I was like, this is really sloppy tapping. And also, like, the voices aren't that strong. And I think just to have a basis in things that you're like, oh, remember when you wouldn't need to, like, add, I, is any of the beginning CGI at all? Like, with the rows and rows of cars. I don't think so. No, I think that was filmed. I like watching. Like, that's a great, that's that a great stunt. Yeah, that's a great stunt. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying about Haley about like oh maybe people who don't love musicals. Um, I get that because they would be blown away by that stuff. But if you're used to seeing that for a while, then it's like yeah, it's kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Anyway. But also, a musical that has so few notable songs, like, I, I think there are only, like, three or four songs, really, right? Yeah, it's a short soundtrack. Even with instrumentals, it's only about 45 minutes long. Yeah, it's not... I mean, I uses that song, City of Stars, for, like, an advertisement, and I just want to blow my brain down Also, again, this is what makes me upset on a whole nother level, is City of Stars will probably win Song of the Year. It's the among the worst songs on that soundtrack. And it'll beat Lumino Miranda, and I'm gonna cry. I know. Anyway. I really need him to win for Moana. Just like I do. Anyway, Moana. Okay, can we move into animated and shorts for a second? Can we move into animated and shorts? Well, we're only the only um, best picture nominee we didn't touch on on any level is Lion, which is like a fine film. Didn't need to be nominated no. for best picture. I agree. In terms, of, in terms of performances, like obviously, like Dev Patel was great. No, 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 no. I would argue that he was not because truthfully, he just like was really, really tired and didn't sleep and drew circles on a map. Like he was kind of dumb. 
related is because that's yeah. essentially my Casey Affleck argument. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> but Nicole Kidman was great. She was good. She was great. She was good. I mean, I enjoyed this movie um, because I like personally connected with it because it showed parts of Calcutta that I spent a lot of time in when I was there. And so like that was really cool for me. It like made it really real. But like other than that, I think I could have done without seeing that movie. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't. Anyway. Okay. So Moana, I'm so excited about. But what's the other Disney movie that's nominated? Because I know that there's another one. Utopia. Yes. Which will probably win. The only thing that could pull an upset, which I would prefer, is Kubo. Wait, you think because that Zootopia right now, will win? I think Kubo will win. However, right now, it's sort of split. You've got a lot of uh, the the critics' awards going to uh, Kubo, but a lot of the, um, guild, the guild awards are going to... So, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. Speaking, like, out of popularity, I haven't seen either of them, but I've heard a lot more praise for Zootopia than I have for Kubo. More people have seen it. Well, Zootopia is, well, it came out in March, which is part of it, but then also Zootopia is available on Netflix. So, Haley, that's another one you can see. Also, Zootopia is good. Yeah, it's really good. I have heard that, definitely. Zootopia is better than Moana, and I'm sorry, but I think... I had more fun watching Zootopia than I did Moana. Yeah, it, Moana was not made for you. Zootopia is a movie that's made for adults that also can be consumed by kids. I mean, I my do. students loved both of them. Like, truthfully loved both of them. And I was surprised that they liked Moana because Moana was pretty slow-paced. I mean, there's no, like, big fight at the end. But they liked Moana. They also love Zootopia, and they continually get angry at me because I haven't seen it. And they keep being like, Miss Huntington, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, this is what you should be doing with your weekend. Yeah. What? Even my parents watched Zootopia and told me that I would love it. They said, we watched this movie and we thought of you, and it was Zootopia. I mean, the, pro the interesting thing is, like, I don't think Moana or nor Zootopia is a flawless, are flawless films because is like unnecessarily complicated. No, oh, it's very like unnecessarily complicated, which people interested, but it's like, it's just so nuts. And I think Moana may, I don't know if it's necessarily trying to rectify that, but Moana's plot is like very simple. Um, I'm kind of adoring either, I think for those two reasons, just because I think one was way too complicated and the other was way too simple. Okay. Then I mean, what I feel about Moana, though, is like, I just want to listen to the soundtrack on repeat and I don't really need to watch the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Movie, hey, that's, we can accept that. And that's why it should win Best Song, not Best Animated Film. Yeah, yes. for sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I just want to keep it, like, relatively short, but there's so much to talk about. Um, I did want to talk about for a second some of the shorts and, like, foreign films, because, I mean, I don't know too much about them, but I know that there are two movies about the Syrian refugee crisis, or the Syrian crisis, right? There's, like, the White yeah. Helmets, and then there's another one. And apparently, I was reading today that, like, the directors of those films, or some of the Syrians themselves who are in it have visas to come for the Oscars, but no one's sure how that's going to hold up with the travel ban. So, it's, I mean, I think that that adds another interesting 
kind of level to it this year. Because um, I know well, that, Sorry, go ahead. For best foreign language. I mean, arguably, Tony Erdman is a better, more acclaimed movie, but I think right now, because... Oh, yeah. This- because and The Salesman was great. I loved it. Um, it's very much like A Separation, which is the director's other movie, but simply because he, he, can't, come. he can't come. He will win. He will win. Interesting. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that Hollywood is going to take every necessary, or like every opportunity to be kind of like, pull it, to dig into politics and sort of just like make a point. Except for fucking La La Land, which they're just going to like give up better. <laughs> they also, I think because it's, and I, you know, because they've had, even like in the best supporting actress category, it's um, majority women of color nominated and Viola Davis is likely to win and Denzel Washington, I think they'll be able to get by with having La La Land win best picture because arguably Moonlight, Fences... Will be acclaimed. Yeah. They'll feel good about themselves. Like, because they'll win the acting category. So yeah, they, that's so they that's just like an upsetting thought, though, of just being like, oh, yeah, like... We've listened to all the complaints in the last couple of years, and like, but and then, then you're still going to give us a lot of land. Okay, so I was reading something about Cheryl Boone Isaacs, who's the president of the Academy, and it was uh, she gave a speech um, at the nominees luncheon. So that's where they take the class picture every year, and to this one or reading about this one woman reflecting on it, and she. Apparently, Cheryl Blue Isaacs opened her speech, and she's like, wow, what a difference a year makes. And this woman was like, I looked around, and she, oh, it was it was the female, she's the editor for Moonlight. It was the first black female Academy Award. And she was, she was like, I looked around, and it's still primarily white. It's still primarily male. But, like, now they can say, because they have non-white They can actors, check the boxes. They can yeah. check the boxes. Which is honestly like a lot of what Ellie does anyway. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we have, you know, three films, Fences, Moonlight, and Hidden Figures that are nominated for Best Pictures, so like we're over that. Like now we can focus on other things. And, and you like, can arguably lion, because it's like a non white yeah. story. Yeah. Interesting. So I think I think it'll be very that conversation. The Oscars after the Oscars simply because they will, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Haley, I would say, looking at the short action animated, if you do get a chance, see Piper. Piper, what movie was it before? I saw that, actually. Uh, it was before okay. Finding Dory. Oh, that's uh, what it was. Song. Yeah, because Piper, that, I mean, that was gorgeous. Yeah. The progress in the animation that they've made with water from, you know, the original Finding Nemo is incredible. My friend I saw it with, um, it was one of those movie theaters where you can get beer at the beginning, too, but he already leaned over and said, is this real water, or is it animated? He didn't, he couldn't yeah, even tell. I had a hard time. It was, I couldn't tell. It was incredible. And I get nervous. The Pixar shorts have won the last two years in a row. Yes, for sure. Normally they don't, yeah, because it was the dog movie with the... That wasn't Pixar, though. No, it was. It was, it was, oh, it was right. Disney. And then the other... Was the it, Paper Man? It was two years 
Oh, it was Paper Man? Paper yeah, and normally they like to use that category to acknowledge... Even international. International. Also, I watched one of them the other day. Maybe it was like Borrowed Time, but it, it was... It's like a Google VR short film. There's some of them that you can watch online. Which, well, okay, that's yeah. what I was going to say in terms of shorts. Like, I just watched this today, so I'm still really new to it. But um, I'd heard about it before, and then Eleanor sent it to me, and we're actually going to do a Holocaust unit in the fifth grade, so we're going to show the kids this, and I'm way excited. But one of the live-action short documentaries is called Joe's Violin, and it is such a beautiful story. I was, like, crying within the first five minutes of this, like, 25-minute movie. Um and it was just a lot, but it seems like a really, really, like, beautiful, heartwarming story about the power of music, which is amazing. So, Haley, you should see that, too. You can watch it online. Okay. Yeah. For Joe's Violin. And so, Ty, and then, I'm interested to see, and this, like, bringing Kathy as well, but for me, the documentary category this year was among the most fascinating. Yes, agreed. Um, it's like it has four out of the five films of black directors which is like nearly unheard of um but it's in like in terms of nominations so we have fire at sea which i'm not gonna lie i haven't seen but it's about it's one of the i need to run it from amazon i almost did yesterday and then i blinked and all of a sudden it was 10 o'clock um i am not your negro have you guys See, I'm not your Negro. It will not win. I would say it's very, it's archival. It's very pertinent to today's society anyway. Life animated. Annie and I, I know we podcast about life animated. I read the book. So good. I've not seen it, but amazing story. Yeah. And then OJ Made in America. I just I just finished that. It's great. Yeah. I think Fire is going to win, though. An entire week to watch. Like, I just came right. home and hung out with OJ every night. It was... Yeah. It's, yeah, it was so easy to... Wait, but isn't so. the 13th... The 13th is also nominated, yes? The Netflix documentary? Yes. I think what's going to happen is... People who I think the votes are going to be split between OJ Thirteenth and I'm Not Your Negro. I don't think I'm Not Your Negro no, is going to win. It's a little too. Um, it's too abstract. It, it will not play well the large. No, C is the most uh, timely, simply because of. Yeah, so I think that's going to win. Even though Thirteenth, in many other ways, is just as timely. It is, but I, I don't know. I think I think the, per, the the people you would have voting for thirteenth will also vote for OJ, and I think therefore those will get split, and what you'll have is fire and seek win. Interesting. I don't know. Life Animated is a beautiful movie, and I know it won't win, but part of me wishes it would. I mean, because it's a really beautiful story. It got uh, nominated. I think that's like, and it's. I think it's sort of condescending to say that about anything, but like. I think because it's competing at a time when there were really great documents. I mean, Wiener was excellent this year. Um, and all the other Lisa, ones are, and the other ones in this category are kind of inherently political. Yeah. And to be a non-political documentary. 
Yep. And it's it's so family friendly. Oh, I would recommend anyone to see live anime. Me too. Me too. Okay. Anyway, so we're getting on to forty five minutes, friends. So I think we might want to wrap up. Um, so maybe what we should do is, and I know we've been talking about this kind of like throughout the podcast, but maybe we can all look at the movies and then choose one that is like an absolute must see. Would that work to end yeah. this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So who wants to start? I'll go first since I don't have a movie, since I've only seen one that was nominated for anything here. Um, so the one that I think I want to see that I'm giddiest about is Hidden Figures, but the one I want to see most, I think, is Moonlight, not including documentaries, which I want to watch all of. Um, but then also, real quick, wanted to float out a question to ponder, sure. or a general question. So there's been a lot of talk about the political relevance of certain movies, mm-hmm. especially documentaries. One thing we've kind of uh, glanced over a bit here as well is there are a lot of women of color nominated, um, you know, versus last year's discussion about Oscars so white. But bringing into uh, light another podcast, there's also this theory Malcolm Gladwell brings up in his Revisionist History podcast that when you elect a woman president or give a woman an award for something or somebody who's a minority, it often seems like it's opening the door, but it's kind of used as a token of saying, hey, we're not racist, or hey, we allow minorities. Mm -hmm. Do we think that this is a new direction for the Oscars uh, in the future, next year and beyond, or does this seem like just a response to some of the backlash of last year? Just something to think about. With that, I have two points. Um, One being that absolutely it's a response, and particularly this year, I don't know how far it's traveled outside of California, but hashtag Oscar so white to like hashtag Oscar so male. So I think next year it possibly yeah. will be more of a concerted effort in the technical categories to nominate women. And this was something I would not have realized had I never lived in LA is that I think it's really easy to generalize and believe that there is some kind of board Sort of power people in LA who meet, who determine like the direction of which films went, and it really is just such a toss-up. Like there is absolutely no rhyme or reason to what gets produced, when it gets produced, also, if it we, gets released. We're we're guilty as well, the consumers. I mean, they buy the tickets, so they're making movies for us. So and we don't buy tickets like as a society. We don't buy t- tickets to films like Queen of Cotway, which are terms of representation also by a woman of color like it's also will people go see a united kingdom that's again like a foreign technically a foreign film by a female director of color like of color so then it's so we do make these choices transformer 7 will yeah. like sell malaysia yeah <laughs> like huh. well, anyway. I think it's also difficult if you think about the movie theaters like I can only name two, maybe three movie theaters that will that I can count on to play films. And if I'm looking for something, that I can hope that they'll be there, you know? But they're not the cheapest theaters. They're not the most accessible in terms of times of day and how many times they're playing per week before their, their um, run is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's 
it's definitely like you in the same way that learners are choosing to go to a certain quality film like regularly also it's becoming more and more that you have to go out of your way to get to those films of quality and like I'm guilty of this. I was tired of spending so much money going to the Gene Siskel Theater on State Street um, in Chicago, which is my favorite theater and plays really great, like, short runs of movies you would otherwise not be exposed to. But, like, to come out on Netflix is awful. (laughs) So it's kind of a toss-up between, like, oh, okay, I mean, like, I want to see all the documentaries. I have not seen any except for Made in America because it was available to me via Hulu. But, like that's one of those things where I'll never have seen them before the Oscars. I'll always rely on going afterwards or like finding them somewhere online afterwards. Totally. Okay. So to get back to movies that we want to see off of this list, but I did love that off topic awesomeness. It was a great question. Um, anyway, I think that I, out of the movies that are nominated that I haven't seen, two that stick out to me that I need to see are 13th. I've, like, started it several times, but it's always been, like, nights where I'm, like, by myself, and then, like, 15 minutes in, I'm like, I want to eat ice cream and watch something funny, so I need to, like, commit to that. And then, um, I also really want to see Zootopia, because I can't of, kind of can't believe that I haven't seen it. It's true. I would, I would argue of the films that we haven't talked about that are, in fact, nominated for visual effects. The Jungle Book was outstanding. And I think Disney resurgence and a new form of renaissance, which is not, in a sense, um, any type of just redoing their former films. The Jungle Book was so good. It dealt with many of the problems of the... It, it dealt with and acknowledged many problems... And like it's from a very problematic text, uh, Rudyard Kipling and whatnot. But it makes me really hopeful for everything that's coming out in the future. Like Lion King. Did you see the casting for Lion King? It's going to be so baller. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would recommend from the list of what we have not yet talked about. Recommend. This is a movie for everyone, but I think for those that are open to kind of a very humorous uh, viewing experience. Elf is like one of my favorite movies of the year. What uh, movie? Isabel Bear, best actress, is hands down the best of the group. And, um, and it is such a complicated look at pleasure and power uh, uh, we think about fetish and how we think about um, kind of different alternate forms of, of pleasure and pain so I would recommend it it's really really tough to watch it at moments but her performance and it is such a funny movie as well um, that I think it's a must like you have to see L. Okay. And then Cassie. Uh, um, uh, I have not seen nearly as many of the films as I wanted to. I'm also 
I'm going to go to the Best Picture Showcase on Saturday and just try to, like, run through all of the remaining Best Pictures as fast as possible. Um, um, I do have one um, anti-recommendation. I would say Florence, Florence Foster Jenkins, don't even touch that movie with a 10-foot pole. Agreed. It's awful. Um, Meryl Streep can do wrong. <laughs> uh, I don't like that movie at all. Um, uh, really enjoyed um, of like the best picture nominees that aren't going to over. I think Hell or High Water is really funny, and I think Ben Foster is really great in that movie. And I historically do not like westerns, and I just thought that was a really coming from a genre that I don't really typically enjoy, so I appreciated that. But uh, if I'm going to recommend a movie, I'm going to tell everyone to go see John Wick Chapter 2. <laughs> um, <laughs> the movie is fucking beautiful, just like the first one, uh, and Gun Fu is awesome. So, yeah. Um, you have all the talent. After you see L, and it's you're like not knowing what you're feeling, go see John Wick Chapter 2 and uh, have a good time. <laughs> So funny. Did you I see L? No. <laughs> but I, I was curious about it because she, um, that actress won uh, Best Actress for the Golden Globes, right? And so yeah. I looked it up and I learned, looked into a little bit about the plot and was like, ooh. Uh, so I did, but I understand where you're coming from being like, it's a little different. Oh, no. I've lost Cassie. Have you guys? I have also lost Cassie. Okay. I really like what she was making. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that it's about that time anyway, because we're at 53 minutes. This is one of our longest episodes. So we... That's the scary thing. What? Too. That's the scary thing. It wasn't just one. I know. Okay, well, thank you to all of our lovely guests for joining us, even Cassie, who seems to be lost right now in the Google Hangout universe. Um, but thank you so much for joining us and talking about these movies. I can't wait to see what happens on Sunday. I really doubt I will win Eleanor's Oscar pool. <laughs> a note to all of our loyal listeners, the link to my challenge is on the Facebook page. Oh, epic. Yes. So fill it out. Um, I'll continue sending it out. How many people have done it so far, Eleanor? Um, it's a low threshold so far this year. I think earlier today, this morning when I woke up, it was at like 34. I've gotten over 100 people in years past. Granted, I haven't been as good at pushing it out, so this is me pushing it out. Okay, maybe I'll send it to my coworkers. They'll do it because they love me. <laughs> okay, well, right. we are going to sign off. So bye from Good Film Hunting. See you next time. <laughs>